0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. that book, that yellow book, praise the name of Jehovah. <laughs> Alright, so t- tonight is I want to share my heart with you tonight So I'm going to be very practical uh, Very brutal It's going to be corrosive You know I like those programs Where they say the anointing was corrosive So I checked what corrosive means It's not a good difference eh? What does corrosive means? Eh? You're an engineer. What does corrosive mean? No, you're an IT person. You don't know corrosive. <laughs> engineer. No, the white, the yellow one. I showed. was he at home. The, the one I, the one I showed when I was going to the house. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what does it mean? Something that erodes. Pay attention. Something that erodes and depreciates the value eh, of a matter, then you now say you are going to preach in a place and the anointing is going to be corrosive. You know, you see why some p- preachers need to buy a dictionary? You can't say that about the anointing of God because the anointing of God does not depreciate things in value. Right? That's why you shouldn't copy what people do. So I, I've been seeing it everywhere that ah, the anointing is going to be corrosive the anointing is going to sign I thought is it like I don't have a corrosive <laughs> so I wanted to just check I wanted to just check with my anointing by I discovered no I don't have corrosive anointing alright let's pray let's get into the word Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So tonight, I, 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 feel, I feel to really share my heart with you. And like I said, if I say something that affects you, um, or if I read your mail, Don't take it personal. Just make the adjustments. I'm going to be very practical. I'm going to be very direct. And I'm going to share with you what I know changed my life. I didn't grow up from a very wealthy background. I didn't grow up from a very wealthy background. Alright? My parents are not very wealthy up until today. Grew up in the village... Never got to the city until I was about 13 or 14. So, grew up practically a village boy. All right? Thank you. Grew up a village boy. Went to farm. Sometimes, the phone must not ring. Sometimes, um, we we'll come from the farm, and the only food we had to eat was... Gary soaked in water, allowed to rise and fried. Have you eaten that kind of food before? Have you eaten that kind of food before? You soak the Gary, you allow it to rise, then you fry it in oil. Yeah. Somebody say, God forbid. How about that? Sometimes we we'll go to the farm, soak Gary with green pepper. Sometimes we we'll go to the farm And find any moving rats And eat Sometimes we we'll go to mango Black mango And eat One of those days I told myself This can be it And my parents tried their best. My parents were teachers. And you know, teachers were not earning so much in those days. So it wasn't like, do you understand? It wasn't like there was, yeah, both of my parents were teachers. So one day I told myself, there can be more. My dad didn't grow up from a very well home. My grandparents are fishermen. My, my dad, both of my grandparents, a fisherman that even stayed in a fishing village. So my grandparents actually stayed in a place like Amara. They didn't stay in the main town. So when we were going to visit my grandparents, who's my paternal grandparents, grandparents in my father's side, we would stop in the city and trek maybe three hours, two and a half hours, because I remember my parents used to carry me on the head, their neck, somewhere between their head and their neck. I used to be there. And we would trek or sometimes they'll use canoe. So my grandparents actually relocated to the fishing village and stayed. So my dad had to struggle his way through school. There's a particular upstairs worry um, that my dad used to show us. That's where he used to come and work and get money to go to Alchipoli. My dad graduated from Alchipoli Textile Design. What am I trying to show you? I'm trying to tell you that I'm coming from two generations of... There was no wealth. And today, God has done some very incredible things in my life. It's possible to experience transformation. It's possible. If you are willing to put in the hard work, if you're willing to tell yourself the truth, if you're willing to be honest with yourself, in the next few years, you can experience transformation. So I just gave you that background to show you that it's left for you what you really want to make out of this life. And so I'm hoping that tonight's session would stir something and I want everybody to pay attention. I want everybody to pay serious attention because I've prayed for this meeting and I'm trusting that for a lot of you, today will be that day that you just catch a clear vision for your life and you run towards it. So one day, 2001, after I got the call to ministry, I went to Winning Ways Africa, National Stadium. Myself and my friend, we couldn't pay transport to Lagos, so we sat... You know what they used to call attachment. You don't know attachment of a bus. You people are big. You know, how how do you describe attachment now? If you don't know it, I don't know how to describe it. But you know, like when you sit in a bus, right? That that engine place, that's attachment. We sat there from Abraka to Lagos. Hmm? Because transport was 1,000. And both of us, after four months, we could only gather 600. Two University student. We could only gathered 600. After about six months of hard labor, we went to Lagos. My friend <laughs> in Palm, Palm Grove area there had this friend who was in Lagos who said we could come. We didn't know that there were like five of them in the room. And you had to get up very early and take your bath because you took your bath outside. And the person taking your bath close to you can be a lady so you have to come out when darkness will form the partition between you and the next person so you have to take your bat like 3am and then we'll go to the stadium I can't forget that meeting, 2001 Matthew Shemolo spoke Mensah Otabio preached a message called the value of a dot I can never forget that message he drew one on the board so that's why I'm using the board tonight So, he drew this one and put a dot here. So, what's this? This is one, right? Don't worry, it's not a math test. It's one, right? Then, if you put one and zero and you put the dot here, what is this? If you put one, zero, 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 and you put the dot here, what is this? So, if you put one, zero, 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 and you put the dot here, what is this? You are not seeing Okay, 1 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 you count What would that be? It can Okay, it's millions. But get, get this. This is the gist. All this value, all these dots needed to do was to move a step further and this value will change. I can never forget this message. So let's assume you are that dot. If you take one step further, you can move from 1 to 10. Another step further, from 10 to 100. So it's not about the zeros. It's about your movement. It's not like life is so difficult. It's about the value you're bringing in. Right? He preached this message. Robert Kayanga preached. Samadhi and me preached. That day I told myself, this is what I know I should be doing for the rest of my life. I made up my mind that I was going to speak to transform people. What am I saying? Events make people. It's not what you hear that counts. It's what you do with what you hear. So I'm praying tonight By the spirit and the message of God That you will find expression In today's meeting And that from today There will be supernatural changes And transformation in your life In the name of Jesus Alright, so that's a bit of my background And when the Lord called me into ministry I felt like, you know what, in ministry I'm going to put in the best So essentially Life is what you make out of it So let's go with my notes Lack of understanding is not excusable in life. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 21. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 21. It says, The lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of understanding. Fools die for lack of understanding. Fools die for what? Lack of understanding. So, when you lack understanding, you will die. There is no excuse for lack of understanding. You know, they used to say this, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. Because you ought not to be ignorant. If there is a law in your land, you have the responsibility of learning that law. Ignorance of the laws of life is not an excuse. That's why one of the things you must decide in in this life is not to be an ignorant person. Your future deserves an intelligent version of you. Your future deserves an intelligent version of you. Are you still here? Look at verse 13 of that same chapter. Look at verse 13. It says, On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. But a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. He says, A rod. That means they will flog the one who lacks understanding. Life will will flog that individual. Are you following this now? See, let me tell you. When you don't understand the power of principles in life, you would live life to your own disadvantage. Life will become complex, life will become a mystery. But it's because you don't just understand The principles of life Life is not merciful Life is not fair Things will happen that you would wish you were not born But you have to make up your mind That you're going to turn that around You have to make up your mind That you will be someone that can be reckoned with Are you following this now? So that's why I shared that story. It's not so much of where you're coming from. It's where you are going. And that's why I, I termed this architect of the future. Now, I'm hoping, I'm believing, not hoping, I'm believing that this will set the course for next year for you. I'm trusting God. It will set the course for next year for you. Now, the word architect, what do you think an architect is? An architect is what? is a person who designs so the key word there designs building and in many cases also supervise their construction so we'll, we'll use this word design and then supervise uh, it's been long I wrote on the board so when I don't know spellings computer does autocorrect ok So two words, write those two words down what's the first word? design and what's the second word? Supervise. Now, this is where a lot of people miss it. Some people have their life designed, they don't supervise it. They just they are just hoping life would would what said. Okay. They are just hoping life would be good. Hmm? So people say I have a very good dream. Have you had people say this is not how I plan my life? Did you supervise the life. Eh? Some of us just have wishful dreams. I, I brought one of my notes. I have a lot of notes like this. So I brought one of my notes. This notes was in two thousand and six. In this note here, I have thirty life greatest dreams. I have thirty life greatest dreams. Let me tell you <laughs> life is funny. Let me tell you I wrote this in two thousand and six. In my 30 life Greatest Dream, let me tell you one of my greatest dreams to show. When I look at it now, I would laugh, but imagine what my greatest dream was in 2006 Eat in a McDonald's franchise in US. You are laughing at the dream, aren't you? that is life. Look at it. Greatest lifetime dream to eat in McDonald's. So you can imagine where I was at that time, to dream of eating a McDonald's in America. That you can imagine, like, greatest dream. Like, if if I had met God at that time, God says, give me your 30 dreams. One of them was like, I'm going to eat in a restaurant in the U.S. That is to tell you how far I was, and how far U.S. was. Another dream was to visit Oral Roberts University campus. I had read a lot about Oral Roberts. All right? In a couple of dreams, I will not read everything to you. But you know, these two had come to pass. Right? 2020, I was at Oral Roberts University. And I've been to the U.S. four times. And did I eat in McDonald's? <laughs> yes, I said, that. <laughs> you have been the food. But what I'm trying to tell you is life is possible. You have to. You have to have a vision that guides you. It's not where you start. It's not where you start. So you've got to not only design but supervise. The biggest thing for people is they don't supervise their life. They don't watch their life. And how many of you know if you have a building plan and you don't supervise, when you come back, you'll be amazed at what the masons will do for you. Sometimes that's what happens to us in life. Beautiful plans, but no supervision. We just wake up one day and discover that, hey, you are indebted. Hey, you have impregnated someone. No supervision. No supervision. Don't watch your life waste away. You have all the opportunities in this world. He said, they didn't give me opportunities. This is not a world where they give opportunities anymore. This is a world where you create opportunities. Don't, nobody's going to hand anything down to you, all right? So, what do architects do? Architects create design for new construction projects, alterations, and redevelopment. They use their specialist construction knowledge and high-level drawing skills to design buildings that are functional, safe, sustainable, and pleasing. So, you want to look at your life as a functional life. Your life is functional. You're not just causing to life. Eh? Life is not just happening to you. You're not just, whatever we be, we be. You're not just, if it is my own, it will be my own. What, you know, when you watch too much African magic, that's how your life is. Say, what God has proposed for me, no man can take it. Even if he takes it, take, destiny can be... Look at your life. (laughs) And because destiny can be delayed, but it cannot be what? Denied. Then when it is delayed until you are dead, you will know that you have been denied. Why wait for it to be delayed? Why not go for it? Why not stretch? Why not give yourself the possibilities of your potentials? Now, what is the future? Future simply means something that is likely going to happen or exist. So in my own definition, architect of the future simply means designing how your life is going to play out in the later time. But understand that the future is measured today, not tomorrow. So I'll go again. What do I mean when I say architect of the future? I said designing how your life is going to play out in the later time. You, with God, design your life. You design your life and then you do what? You start supervising it. Every day you are going to the construction site of your life. Let me tell you the truth. You already know how your life will end up. Some people are not just being honest with themselves. You already know. This part will not take me to excellence. This part will not help me become the best. There is a design, there is a plan you should have. The first thing you should have a compelling vision. And we're going to talk about that, right? We're going to talk about that. Winston Churchill, one of the American presidents, so I'm going to use Bible and psychology. Winston Churchill, American president, says the empires of the future are empires of the mind. Empires of the future are empires of the mind. The first thing is out of your spirit, you have to create your future. Right? Genesis chapter 11, the scripture says, this thing that they have imagined will come to pass. What future do you see? What future do you see? What do you see 10 years from now? I'm not talking about wishful thinking, hopeful thinking. I'm talking about a future you sat down to craft and you say, this is it. What future? And I'll talk about that. When I was, uh, you know, myself and my wife read this today and we're laughing. When I was to get married, I wrote, I wrote uh, 20 principles that our marriage will be built on. So I have it here, called Thoughts on Marriage. So there are 20 principles that our marriage is built on. 21. All right, That I shared with her and she went through. Now, I'm going to read only one. Number 12 principle here says, I don't believe marriage or wedding should be started off owing, no matter the size of the wedding. The marriage is more important than the ceremony. No debt policy in marriage starts from the wedding day. So, it, 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 this, these were non-negotiables. So, when you... When, I'll get there. When we are talking of relationship talk, you are approaching relationship with an architectural mindset. You are not... A, you, it's not Indian fame. You are in relationship and all both of you are doing is to run behind door, do hide and seek, use pillow to stone each other. I mean, and then there's no value system. There is no platform. There is no engagement. You're not having conversations. There is no philosophy driving that relationship. You're not an architect of the future. These things have to be deliberate. It's your life. Don't joke with it. It's your life. You see, don't live your life like you have a spare life. Don't live your life like if I make this mistake, I can always correct it. Don't live that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you, one year is gone. What did you do with the year? You only grew beers. Say in 2022, I was not part of the beaded gang. of 2021. That's the productivity that came out. They are just doing fine, boy. The only thing you know is that you are handsome. So before you sleep at night, you will do selfie for sisters on your status. Night night. See you tomorrow. Your mates are in Silicon Valley. They built apps that are selling for millions of dollars. You are doing night night. Then tomorrow you write, no sob, have a brother out. Slides to my DM. That's the productivity. See, the truth of the matter is we joke a lot thinking that out of the blues God is going to rescue us and make our lives beautiful. And we just think when we said God hard enough, when we go to church hard enough, then our life is just going to turn out. Come on, pay attention. Don't miss this. Your life will not be rescued by God when you keep undermining principles. The mercy of God is not to substantiate your irresponsibility. The prodigal son broke all the principles. What happened? He ate with pigs. He had to think himself back home. Now, let me explain something about the mercy of God. You need to follow this now. The mercy of God reaches out, but you have to take that step of coming back home. That is why nobody is forced to be born again. He talked to himself. He says, "You what? When I was in my father's house, I was not eating this kind of food. Even the servants in my father's house have better food. I will arise and go back. When he took the step back, that is when what? The mercy reached out. When, God, when Jonah disobeyed God, I wanted to say when God disobeyed Jonah. <laughs> when Jonah disobeyed God, what happened? He ended up in the, back, in the belly of the wheels. Right? He cried out to God from the belly, but he was inside the fish. From inside the sea. And God had to use that fish to transport him to Nineveh. Which is better, entering a ship or entering the belly of a fish with intestines and everything? Which is better? You know, sometimes we feel like the mercy of God would just totally eradicate certain actions we have taken because God is merciful. So, you didn't go to school. Mm? you can't read and write. The mercy of God is not automatically going to make you start reading and writing. The mercy of God will create opportunities for you to go to night school. You will still stretch that brain to learn that when something is written like this, it is A. We must have a balanced approach because even though God is merciful, God is also fair and is also just. So you approach your life like that. Are you following this now? Now, so... Abraham Lincoln says, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. If you miss something today, does not mean you have escaped it tomorrow. You cannot evade the responsibility of tomorrow uh, — sorry, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. You cannot dodge what you should do today and think that tomorrow you will not have to pay that price. John Maxwell said, his father always told him, "Pay now and play later." Or play now and pay later. However it is, you will pay. Lamentation said it is good for a, a, a man to bear his yoke when he is young. There are certain disciplines that you have to learn at this age, So you can craft a life that God deserves, that God has planned for you. That your potential is what? You can't keep looking at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm better than this, I'm better than this. But you don't take any step to step into that. Some of you seated here have more potential than I have. And that's the truth. Some of you seated here have more brighter future than I have. Some of you sitting here would have the capacity to do things 1,000 times than I can. There were days I sat in meetings like this. And I didn't know that sitting in those meetings was somebody that God was going to use to reach the world. So some of you sitting and listening to me today, there is so much on your inside that you have to sit back today, look at yourself in the mirror, and tell yourself whatever price it takes to get this potential out, I am ready to pay it. And don't waste your life. Don't waste your time because time, life, is measured in time. All right? And like I said, some things are going to rub you on this other way today, but it's good for you. Alright? Mike Mudok says the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. What you do daily is the secret of your future. So your future is not. <coughs> It's what you do daily that reveals what will happen in your future. There's no, there's no magic to your future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why sometimes we make all these prayers and then we pray all these prayers about destiny helpers coming, you know, and all of these things, and we do all of these, you know, and praying for destiny helpers. If one day somebody will come and find me and all of that. Listen to me. It's what you do daily that will reveal your future. It's what you do daily. See, your daily activity is what will unveil your future. Your daily activity is what will unveil your future. What are you doing today? That's a secret of your future. That's a revelation of your future. You're not reading, you're not developing yourself, you're not putting in the discipline. How are you going to get into that future? How are you going to work into it? You're not listening to counsel? You're just floating around. You're engaged to everybody. You are the you are the girl everybody smiles with. You are the boy that is the class prefect for all the ladies around. You are the father Christmas among your friends. Being nice doesn't necessarily mean you would have a great destiny. I'm a nice person. I cannot hurt a fly. You will soon become a fly. It's not about being nice. You can be very nice and at the same time very stupid. You can be very nice and at the same time very foolish. You can be so nice and at the same time there is no clear path to your life. And that's why you see that some nice guys don't have a grip at life. Because niceness is about the heart, but life acts on the principles. So you are a nice guy, and you spend money all the time, and there's no budget. You'll be broke. You'll be a nice broke guy. At the end of every month, you'll be a nice handsome, indebted person. Because financial principles do not respond to niceness of the heart. They respond to what? Firmness of budgets. So you must. So sometimes people wonder, but I'm serving God. Why is my life like this? There are, there are many things that make for success in life. So the first thing is to understand that. Albert Einstein, one of the greatest scientists that ever lived, says, I never think of the future. It comes soon enough. I never think of the future. It comes soon enough. Let me explain that statement. Some of you, you're hitting your bed days, right? You just realize, I'm 30. Eh? I'm 25. I'm 28. I know you are wondering. Who lived those 28 years? Have you ever hit your birthday one day and it just hit you that? Uh-uh. Ah-uh. is happening here? Who is living this life? it's almost like somebody else is living the life, then they just hand you the check. Silver Jubilee. You are now 50. They're like, uh-uh. When did they give birth to me? Right? So what is our belt Einstein singing? I don't even have time to think about the future. It comes soon enough. Look at which day we enter this year. How many of you remember Y2K bomb? 2000. Or oh, you were not alive then? Were you alive? <laughs> okay, so that question was meant to elicit that response. Right? Y2K, 2000. Right? And it was like, oh, the world was going to collapse. Ah, and then we're doing vision. What was Abacha's vision? 20? No, no, Abacha. It's 2020. It 2020. Abacha was 2020. By 2020, Nigeria, you didn't know that flood was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked like Abacha day in 2020. It's 22 years already. Some of you, the boys you saw growing up as children, are already looking at you and feeling like, I can go out with auntie. They're already hitting your They're already looking at, winking at you, and almost like, Can I have your number, please? That's to tell you that life is going. So you don't have the time to play. You don't have the time to play. You don't have the time to play. Life is not that serious. It is serious. It is serious. This phase will soon be over. In less than 70 days, we'll step into the next year. And then what happens? The story repeats itself again. This year, man, by the time I finish this year, and then by April, next year, next year. I don't have time to think of the future. It comes soon enough. Okay. Apostle Al-Axel Sipok One apostle I love says Your life and your story is your brand Who you are and what your message is Is your brand Your name is your brand Don't lose a good name Don't make a foolish mistake But use wisdom in all things You work hard to build your brand Be a good steward of it Don't ruin your future Don't ruin the name That you're building Don't ruin your life you see, let me tell you, there is what is called a currency of trust that people have in you. That currency can buy anything in this world. Don't lose that currency. There's been a currency of integrity. A good name is better than riches. I've thought on that. Don't lose it for any flimsy excuse. Don't lose it for any flimsy reason. Trust will open doors for you in places that you least expect. Trust will make people commit millions to your hands. But once people lose that trust, it's tough. Don't let people who trust you lose their trust in you because of very flimsy excuse. Sometimes as young people, we do all kinds of crazy things and just make people lose trust on us. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. You better start caring what people think because... That is a currency you can trade for anything in this world. That somebody trusts you, he can commit things into your hands, commit stuff into your hands, commit projects into your hands. See, let me tell you, you might not be the most senior manager in your office, but if your boss trusts you, he can leave everything in that office with you. He can even leave the most senior person and say, See, this, 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 and give you information that will save you. He can say, Go and study for this course. And the reason he's telling you to go and study for this course is because managers have already said anybody that does not have this thing will be dropped. Currency of trust. But in this single season, we lose it a lot. We just do things that just make... Do you understand? Just play. Just play. Just play. And there's nobody who is sitting in this hall today that is a young person. There's nobody who is sitting here that is a child. If you don't have a clear path for your life already, a clear, concise... Heart for your life already. There, there's problem. Oh, there's problem already. That it, that requires emergency attention. Where am I going? Who am I? What do I stand for? What are my values? All right. Let me show you something. In Genesis chapter twenty-seven, verse forty. Let me show you something. Esau and Jacob. Genesis twenty-seven, verse forty. How many of you remember the story of Esau and Jacob? Right, hey, 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 are you here? How many of you remember the story of Esau and Jacob? Right, Esau lost the birthright. Eh? right. Anyone going to Bible school? Esau lost the birthright, and who got it? Jacob got it. All right. You know, Esau cried. He says, is there no blessing left? Huh? Yeah. Then see what he was told. Then Isaac, verse, 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 verse 40, verse 39. Then Isaac, his father answered and said, Be away the way from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. Let me explain. Please pay attention to this. Don't miss this, please. Don't miss this. They had, they had blessed Jacob. They had pronounced all the blessing on him. This is one scripture that changed my life. They had pronounced all the blessing. Corn and wine, I bless. They had pronounced everything on Jacob. Then look at what his father told him. He says, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. That means you will stay in a place that is not fertile. They don't even have to tell you that this is a curse. Away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. And away from the dew of heaven above. That means there will be no... The earth will not be fertile. Dew will not come on you. Then he says, By your sword, you shall live. You know what he's trying to say? The extra blessing that comes because God blesses will not be on you. He says, but you will live by your sword. Then the next statement is powerful. He says, and your brother, you shall serve. That means, listen. They are telling you that your destiny eh, is that you will save your brother. This one is not, can I prophesy? This one will happen. Do you understand? Then look at the next statement. It says, but it shall come to pass or it shall come about when you become Restless. You will break his yoke from your neck. You know what his father was trying to say? He said, listen to me. You don't have the blessing. You will have to struggle through life. But when you get to the point in your life where you are tired of struggle, you will break through. Then let's see. Let me show you this. This thing showed me that, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. There are certain levels of engagement you will have in this life. Even if there was a curse on your head, you will live above it. Do you understand? Let them not favor you in that company. Be too good with what you do. Listen to me. They will choose you. Oprah Winfrey says, excellence knows no gender. Yeah, I'm a lady. I'm a lady. Let them give women 20%. For what? Do you carry a lady brain? Do you know that... Let <laughs> me not even go there, Seth. Eh? Do you know that if somebody has a kidney problem, they can take the kidney of a lady and put in the kidney of a man into function? So, it's not about saying ladies deserve 20%. You, no, let your brain deserve 20%. There's no lady brain, there's no man brain. It's brain. Put it to work. And I used to say this in those days where they don't do it anymore, but... You just realize that somehow we train ladies in certain ways, right? So they stand up, they start reading romantic magazines, you know, start reading, you know, love stories. They start toning down. hmm? They start toning down engagement of their brains. So do you like to read this book? No, I just do novels, just, just novels, just romantic novels. You start toning down. Start toning down, start toning down, start toning down. Before you know, you are not stretching your brain anymore. The brain that can cook, goosey soup. You think it's it's cheap? (laughs) Like you take goosey, you take this thing, take crayfish, and make soup out of it. You think that brain doesn't have sense? There's so much more in that brain. If you would just task it, if you would just stretch it, if you would throw away some romantic movies and start reading some books. Don't have a beautiful face. And then the substance that is coming out of that face does not correspond. Life demands more from you. But I like the story of Esau. Let me show you something. (laughs) Go to 33. Genesis 33, 9. Hmm? This was when Jacob was coming to meet him. Verse 8, quickly. And he said, what do you mean by all this company which I have met? And he said, to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have plenty, my brother. Let what you have be your own. Jacob came and brought all those beautiful things. And said, oh, Esau, my other brother, I want to find favor in your sight. Esau said, I have plenty. Look at a man that was cursed. He didn't take anything from Jacob. He says, I have plenty. Let what you have be your own. Esau was a big boy with a curse on his life. He was big. He had enough. The man had broken through with his sword. You see, I'm going somewhere with this message. When you know you don't have advantage, you double your work rate. That if they arrest all of us now, there's nobody to come and bail you, it means you should not smoke. That's what it means. Do you understand? Your body might be saying try it, try it. But your, 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 your God that loves you should tell you that if you go to prison, you will pass there and die. If you don't have advantage, you don't live like like somebody that has advantages. Esau so wouldn't walk like Jacob. Jacob had the blessing. Jacob had the blessing. Jacob had the blessing. The blessing of God was on Jacob. And here was Esau. There was no blessing. All he had in life was his sword. All he had in life was his sword. And the desire to break free from the yoke of his brother. And can I tell you, the man broke free. By the time Jacob and Esau met, many years later, Esau says, I have plenty. Jacob had plenty. Esau had plenty. The only difference was the fact that the Jewish tribe, listen, came out of Jacob, but when it came to material prosperity, there was no difference between them. The man had plenty, at least. If if not, if not as much as Jacob, but plenty is still okay. How many of you can say I have plenty? With with anointing oil, with coconut oil, with midnight prayer, battle cry, Hasidic prayer, communion. <laughs> with stickers and bangles. You are still saying it is where I am rich. I don't have transport. Is so? Say I have plenty. And he did an annual convention. If you don't have certain advantages, don't joke with your life. I hear what I'm saying. There are some people that, let me tell you, Eh? If things are bad for them, they can call somebody. Say sorry, I can't pay my rent. Somebody will transfer it to them and no issues. Your own. Eh? <laughs> Auntie <laughs> You know, if they call everybody. They say, Oh yeah, come home now we they say when is the rent expire? They say December, they say too quick <laughs> and December is two months away, That means that what they are trying to tell you is that even if you give us two months we can't find it. He says, so come on say We think of what to do. You know <laughs> you know you start spotting. So when you don't so when you don't have certain advantage in life, why walk like you have all the advantage in this life? When I was going to write jam, my father called me. Opposite us was a man we used to call ohibo Because the guy was fair and he was a... a motorcycle repair. So my father just you know, called me and said, this is your jam phone. If you don't pass this one, see so you go there. I will, you will go and learn work. I, did, I, was not, I was not reading for jam like the average person. Because every time I opened the jam pass questions, I heard the voice. If you did not pass this one, I read and how I passed the cut-off very far. I <laughs> gained admission into university without my father knowing anybody. I passed the cut-off of my school, passed the cut-off of my course, my name appeared. There was extra motivation. I didn't come from a home where failure was an option. They give you school fees once, you pass exam once. They give you You can't now go and say you had carryover. You, what is wrong with you? You can't have carryover now, who will pay for that one? They have calculated how strength is for four years. School fees is four years. How much of my school fees? There maybe two five or three thousand. Eh? So your your parents had agreed that with twenty thousand you are done with school. You now say you have extra year. You must pass. There was a particular exam. I was I was sick. I was throwing up. They said, "Oh, let me go to head center. I can't go to head center." I will write exam. I'll go and drop. I write exam. I'll go and drop. I write exam. I go and drop. You, you have to pass. Some of you don't have advantages, and you are careless. You came up from you came up from a home where you know the marital thing is not straight. You are you are just putting your body out there, and then when you get pregnant, you say it's a mistake, because at your age, they have told you that when a boy sleeps with a girl. Then nothing happens. There's no pregnancy that is a mistake. It was intentional. And you're just living that way. Some of you don't have fathers who care for you. And you too, you don't care for your life. You still have time to run around town. You see, there is an age where you will do certain things and people will say, he's a small child, leave him. We can help him. There is an age who will do those same things. They say he's old now. Let him take responsibility. If you make mistakes in the wrong season, you might pay for it for the rest of your life. God will forgive you, but you will pay for it because of the way the earth is. There are some of you at this age, you should not be struggling for rent. You should have passed that level. That should not be your engagement in this season. That every time you need to pay rent, is a prayer point. Father, we are here again. You say everything we need, we should ask you. Every December they hear your voice. They say what is happening? You say Father is asking. Say okay. That's I." you are always stranded. Hmm? Let me tell you this your future is crafted every day. Every day, listen to this. You are either putting a building block. To build your future, or you're taking a block out of your future every day. Do you understand? Do you understand that? Do you understand that? See the way it is. Every day, you are either, this is the day I'm adding to my future. Or what are you doing? You're subtracting for your future. And you know the way some people are building their future? <laughs> it's add and subtract. They will add four blocks to subtract five. They will add for the subtract six. They say, I don't know. My life is not moving forward. It can't move forward. It can't move forward. There are certain things you should not be repeating now. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you should have passed that stage. You should be building other things now. Are you following this now? Come on. Say amen or something. Say amen. Are you still here? So I've shown you about how Esau was able to break through, right? says when you become restless. That thing starts from inside. And you know what the father was trying to say, right? The father was trying to say, this cannot be given to you. It is when you become restless that you break the yoke. Do you understand? That's why I shared my story with you at the beginning. It's you sitting down tonight and deciding I'm going to make something out of my life. That is when it starts. I can't give that to you. I can't give that to you. I wrote an article some years ago called um, um, Take Me to the Water and Force Me to Drink. If I take you to the water, I can't force you to drink. Do you know how they used to feed children in those days? They close their nose, open their mouth, spread their leg, put pap. You know they don't feed children <laughs> nowadays. But now one is forcing you to drink. And you know if the child does not want to eat, it's when the child cries, it takes a bit. Some people's lives are like that. It's when difficult things happen, they'll take more lesson. When bad things happen, they'll take more lessons. If, if you learn in life like that, you'll make a lot of mistakes. Why not open your mouth willingly and drink wisdom? Now, the first place to start in your life is to have a clear picture. So I want you to write this down very quickly. Clear. Okay? A clear picture. Let's go quickly. There's still a lot I need to go through. The first place to have in your life is a clear picture. Philippians 3.13 and Luke 4.43. Philippians 3.13. Paul says, forgetting the things that are past, I press forward. So you're not looking at the past. You're pressing forward. All right? Look at Luke 4.43. Let me read Luke 4.43 for you. Luke 4.43. Luke 4.43. Are you here? Say amen if you're here. All right. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 4.3. For but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. I must preach this. He, he didn't, they were telling him, stay in this city. He said, no, 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 I can't stay in this city. There is a clear picture of where I must preach. Do you have must in your life? I must read. I must pray. I must study. Do you have that in your life? Or once you just get to a place where people are comfortable, then you are comfortable Is it everybody that loves you that you will marry? Oh, I have crush on this one. I have crush on this one. I have crush on this one. You you have crushed everybody. (laughs) Eh? Anybody you see, crush. Anybody, crush. Anybody. (laughs) Eh? You are a guy. Litters of sisters around you. Hmm? If they leave you, you, you are polygamous by instinct. <laughs> Very clear first. <laughs> The first one is a clear picture. Clear picture. You must have a clear picture of your future. You must have a clear picture. It should be so clear when they wake you up, you know what you want to achieve. Do you have a clear picture of your future? Do you have a clear picture of how you want your life to be? Not just wishful thinking, but a very clear picture. Number two, L, you must learn to be willing to make that future come to pass. That future that you have the um, picture of, you must be, be open to learning so that it can come to pass. What we are doing here tonight, we are training for destiny fulfillment. I want to be a pastor. God has called me to be a pastor. What does it take to be an effective pastor? I must be willing to learn. I must be willing to study scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are an IT person. Be willing to be the best in that field. You are uh, an engineer. You are a writer. And you want to be the best writer. Why don't you commit to writing? Are you um, willing to learn to make that future come to pass? Then, exciting. Exciting. It is exciting. It has to be exciting. Something you want to be involved with. You must have enthusiasm about the future. Eh? If you don't look at your future brightly with joy, you will not commit to it. Are you, looking at, are you excited about tomorrow? Are you, are you excited about next year? You know what I mean? There are some projects that God is putting in my heart for next year and I'm, ah, I can't wait, man, to get this thing running. Are you excited? Well, I just waiting, oh, next year again. The local parents again. Landlord. Is that how you are approaching life? Oh, next year again, we have to pay school fees again. Is that how you are approaching life? You know, basically, what we call life is just repetition of days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 60 years. That's just life. It's all that call it 2023. You know, Ethiopia is in 2015 because of their calendar. Chinese have their own New Year. So it's just repetition of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, that's how life is. It's nothing special. It's the 2023. I know some people will deceive themselves that it will be a better year. You said that in 1995. Nothing changed, just calendars. Hmm? <laughs> what changes about your life cannot just be your hairstyle. What's the next word? A, associate with the right people to make it come to pass. No destiny happens with the wrong association. Write that word down. No destiny happens with what? Wrong association. No destiny happens with the wrong association. Associate with the right people to make it come to pass. Then arrow is responsibility. Bishop Wedebo said, responsibility is the price of greatness. Responsibility is what? The prize of greatness. Let's go fast now. Are you still there? Are you there? I've written that down. Clear picture, learn to be willing to make your future come to pass. Exciting, something you want to be involved with. Associate with the right people to make it come to pass. Responsibility is the price of greatness. Now, one thing you must avoid if you're an architect of the future is self-deception. Self-deception. Psalm 51 verse 6 says, You desire truth in my inward parts. You desire truth in my inward parts. Right? Inward parts. What this clearly means is that you should tell yourself the truth. See, you look at the mirror. And I was talking to the guys earlier today. You look at the mirror and tell yourself the truth. This path that I am taking, can it take me to the future? This laziness that I have, can it birth the future? This prayerlessness that I have, can it birth the future I want? You tell yourself the truth. Two things you must avoid is self-deception and self-sabotage. Things to avoid, so you put self... Alright? And then deception and sabotage. Alright? Now, I'm going to define these two things. First of all, deception, you know what it means, right? To deceive. A statement or an action that hides the truth. Don't hide the truth to yourself. You know, some people have mentors and they hide the truth from their mentors. You know, they always tell you something, right? I really wish, I need to cover this. Let's go quickly. Right? Look at this. They always tell you two people you should not lie to in this life. Huh? is who? Your lawyer and your doctor. And You know why? You see, if you, if you stole or you killed somebody, tell your lawyer, I killed the person. Then the lawyer will say, okay. Then the lawyer will now tell you how to lie. Huh? Now look for the constitution and tell you what to say. If you now go and tell the lawyer, I did not kill, because you want to hide the truth, you will go to jail. Or you go and meet a doctor and say, describe how you think it's pain. You say, eh, I, I'm shy. I don't like to talk about myself. You will die. When you look into the mirror, tell yourself the truth. This life I'm living, it won't end me there. That, don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Alright? You're already having emotions for somebody. Don't you tell yourself there's nothing there. We're just friends. And... You you know you are crying for that person's attention. It's self deception, and you know that relationship will not end the marriage. But you're already crying for attention. If the person does not call you, you feel what is it now? Cannot call somebody? Do you understand? And, and, and then when they ask you, say I'm not you know we are just friends. Are you telling yourself the truth? Are you telling yourself the truth? Or you know as a young man you don't want to marry somebody, but you're just you're just you're just carrying the person on. And you know, you will tell your friend, don't worry. I'm not sure I can this but you you are you are not open, you're not honest, it's self-deception. And sometimes ladies self-deceive themselves a lot. A lady till till she gets some some ladies, let me not say lady, so that I will not be but some ladies, tea, they will put ring in their finger. They will still tell you there's nothing between us. You just say I should buy a wedding gown. There's nothing between us. It's just ring gold. There's nothing. Oh, they will be pregnant. Say there's nothing between us. So It's just baby And And they don't give birth. They never agree that there's something. Never agree. We are just friends. There's nothing. Self-deception. Tell yourself the truth. I am sleeping too much. Tell yourself the truth. I am not reading enough. Tell yourself the truth. I am not praying enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no need, if you want to be an architect of the future, to deceive yourself. The effort I am putting in cannot power the future that I'm thinking of. You know, a few weeks ago, I sat down and I asked myself, if I want this church to grow, am I putting enough, am I putting enough effort either in prayer is study or training leaders. I have to tell myself the truth because I can just sit down here and say, if they want to come, let them come. I'm doing my best. See, if your best is not enough, throw it away and try harder. Your best is not what gives you results in life. Is that best enough? How many of you did titration? Uh, thi- is it titration? I hope my, my chemistry example is. How many of you did titration? Right? What are the chemicals you use? I'm trying to remember now. Eh? Base and what? An acid, right? So there is a place you will get to and then the colour would change. I drank that in oh. <laughs> there. you know you were in there. The, I'll just hear my friend, just say, Oh Baze. <laughs> the days I spat out of this in my mouth, I know I was not born for that. But you listen to me, until that thing hits the right level, the colour won't change. You can say they gave me the wrong base. You can say the acid is not good. That's your problem. That chemical has been designed at at certain points. Whether you are green, yellow, black, and white, it will change. That's how life is. If you outlive a season, the next season will open up. If you like, pray. If you like, don't pray. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The next season is based on your maximizing of this season. It is he that is faithful in little that will be given too much. If you are still stuck in one season for years, you haven't put in the effort. At what degrees does water boil? 100 degrees. See, if that thing is 99, the water won't boil. 99 and a half, the water won't boil. 99 and a half plus one small thing on top, it won't boil. It has to hit 100. And let me tell you, once that thing hits 100, your color of skin does not matter. Hmm? Once it hits 100, it will boil. Scripture says when the clouds are full, it will empty themselves on the earth. That means all your life, you are piling the clouds. Forget about whether when we rain fall, keep piling. See, when it goes, it will open up. I think this is one of the most important messages I preached in my life because I'm preaching this with my whole heart. Other ones I put my heart, but this one there's a hole, the heart It will change your life. You can go back tonight and make a decision that transforms your life, and in five years you will look back and ask yourself, How did I get here? I've told myself that next year that I'm entering into, there must be some remarkable dramatic doors. That will evolve in quantum leap because we've been at this level for too long. Sometimes you tell yourself, "I've been at this level for too long. I shouldn't be struggling with this level. I shouldn't be struggling at this level of finances." Are you still here? All right. Then avoid self sabotage. What is sabotage? Sabotage is if it, it, it's like it's like deliberately preventing something from being successful. So you self sabotage. You you you, you self sabotage when you now develop habits that are counterproductive. You want to have a brilliant future. You are very wayward friends. You want to have a brilliant future. You are emotional about, about everything. Emotional about how you talk. Get angry anyhow. You are just emotional. If your body tells you you should read, you will read. If your body tells you not to read, you are just just and you are self sabotaging because nobody is your enemy then. You are your own enemy. That's self sabotage. All right? Now, God works according to your choice. God does not force himself on anybody. God does not do what you did not pray for. God will respect your choice. If you choose to fail, God will respect your choice. Hmm? If you choose to fail, God will respect your choice. Scripture says to the crooked, he shows himself crooked. Hmm? To the pure, he shows himself pure. First Corinthians nine twenty four to twenty seven very quickly. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? It says so run to win. Some translators say run in order to win. There is a way to run to win. You know, it's like you just go to the athletic field, right? And they say on your max, <laughs> said go. Then you now <laughs> you now turn. Say, I, like, I don't feel like running this way. This is where everybody's running. You say you don't feel like running this way. Then you now, you now on your mark said go. You now start running this way. You are running, but you are not running in a way to win. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or as you are running, you are greeting everybody. I want to welcome you people for coming to watch us run. Amen. You are not running in a way to win. Or they put you in lane 6. You say you don't like lane 6. That you don't like the number 6. It's bad luck. When they are not running, you now cross to lane 3. No matter how fast you run, you won't win the prize. Listen to me. Life has rules. Your feelings have no regards for those... The principles have no regards for those rules. For your feelings, sorry. You must run in order to win. You must build your life in order to be successful. Success has principles. Failure has principles. And the earlier we tell ourselves that we won't keep hearing these things and not doing them, the better for every one of us. How many of you have heard very powerful teachings about prayers? Right? Very excellent teaching about prayers in your church. How many of you have committed to a prayer life? How many of you have had fantastic teachings about reading? How many of you have committed to reading? How many of you block off your phone one hour every night and read? If you read one hour every night for for a whole year, that's 365 hours. What do you think will happen to your brain? Many need to go bigger. And you have more value. Are you following this now? Alright. Now, it says... All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Look at verse 26. 1st 20, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26. I run with purpose in every step. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Paul says every step I take, I run with purpose. He says I run with purpose. In every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. I run. I run with purpose on every step. That's the NLT. Every step is purposeful. I don't run without an aim. You wake up without an aim. How many times have you heard schedule your day? No schedule. Hmm? You are in a relationship. It's not defined. When are you going to get married? We we are just looking at how things will be. Do you think things will be cheaper? During COVID, when there's only 50 people should gather, married then, you didn't marry. Now, bag of rice have gone up. Relationship, 10 years. You are celebrating 10 years anniversary of relationship. Say, hi, babe. We've been together for the past 10 years. We just want to thank God. Together for 10 years. How long does it take to study medicine? Which means that if a child entered school when you started your relationship, you'll be a doctor now. You are sharing anniversary flyers, uh, flowers for. <laughs> For a relationship, say, you didn't send me flowers. Say, what happened? Say, it's 10 years of us being together. i know him since we were in primary school. His mother used to bring food to her house. My mother would take your whole life. Look at how you are summarizing your life, that they were taking food from one domo to another. That's how you united the relationship for 10 years. So marriages don't even last that long. How How can you live your life that way? Every step, he says, I run with purpose. Every month should have a purpose. Pay attention here. Every month should have a purpose. Every day should have a purpose. And I'm telling you, God will play this message to you on your judgment day, that you heard this message. If you like faith, you just hear my voice saying, every day, run with a purpose. <laughs> Every month they have a purpose. Don't enter next year the same way you enter this year. May it be a year of purpose for you. Look at this. He says, I beat my body. Go, go, go on. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I disable my body. and make it my slave. Make your body your slave. An architect of the future makes his body his slave. It's not your body to tell you what to do. I want to pray. You make your body pray. I want to read. You make your body read. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You control your emotions. Your body should serve your purpose. You shouldn't serve your body. It's not everything you should eat. Eh? Some of you even, you are hearing a hot message like this. You are still sleeping. Your body, your body is still making you. Just close your eyes, close your eyes. You are not sleeping, close your eyes. Is that I'm thinking of the message, sir. Then you'll not be hearing my voice very far. <laughs> Some of you want to pray. You will carry pillow and spread out like you are... Sp- you say, Lord, I am, I am spreading myself before your altar. <laughs> <laughs> and you carry two pillow. Eh? Cushion your knee. Carry a pillow. Then you spread out. After five tongues, you are gone. You are now seeing your grandmother. And both of you are pounding yam together. Don't you know you are not praying anymore? Instead of seeing angels, you are seeing your grandmother. Both of you are pounding, and then you are now going to the village eating full load of food. Even in the dream, you are still asking for more. Then you now wake up and say, "Shalla Father, we thank you for everything. <laughs> <"Hey, bye-bye." laughs> Lord, we celebrate you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you, are not ready. you are not ready. You are not ready. He says, "I make it my slave." Now, let me explain this to you very quickly, my time is running. Let me explain this to you very quickly. Does this not tell us why Paul wrote to 3rd of the New Testament? Do you think Paul is the only one who had all those mighty revelations? No, sir. I think his labor had a part to do with it. It says, I labor more than you all. Not me, but the grace of God. See, you are already born again. You already have the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus has been shed for you. You already belong to a church. You are already going to heaven. Everything is already, 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 already. It's your laziness that is missing. If you add labor to what you already know, you will excel. If you add labor to re- what you already know. Are you following what I'm saying? Paul wrote later from prison. Do you think it was comfortable? Paul wrote later in prison. He was writing to people outside and saying rejoice. I tell you rejoice. That's a man who has made his body his slave. Are you following this now? Alright. So, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Amplified says, He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precept to be scornfully set aside. Now, let me show you this. I want you to write this down very quickly. This is your Galatians 6, 7. This is your life. Alright? This is an example. (laughs) So, let's put that your life is, is, is four. There are four pillars you need to work on. Very quickly Number one One of the strongest foundation of your life Has to be the spiritual side Alright So draw a box Which are the four pillars with which you build the future Spiritual Then you have mind or mental Alright Then you have your relationship Then you have your finance or money okay, so look at this very carefully I want everybody to draw this I I, I want you to draw this, don't ever forget this map these are the four areas of your life that these pillars have to be strong these pillars have to be strong let me tell you something very important if any of those four pillars is weak you will not be able to build a successful life. If any of those four pillars is weak, you will not be able to build a successful life. So, your first pillar, these four pillars must be intact and they must be strong. Let me tell you, weakness in any of these pillars will affect what you're building. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Weakness in any of these pillars will affect what you're building. Pay very close attention to what I'm saying. The first thing is your spiritual life. That is where the chief cornerstone is. That is where the plumb line is taken from. Your plumb line is taken from here. This is where you take your trajectory. This is where you take instructions. Life is precise, life is controlled by the spiritual. Life is controlled by the spiritual. So, you don't joke with your spiritual life. You don't subject your spiritual life to emotions. You don't subject your spiritual life to your feelings. You take in the Word. Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. You set a schedule for having the Word on your inside. It is by the Spirit you control the natural. So you pray to effect occurrences on the earth. You pray so that the plans you are having will come to pass. Saints, you cannot sublet your spiritual life. You cannot allow any association to rob you of your fervency in the spirit. If you fail spiritually, you are failed in life. The scripture says the spirit of the man will sustain him in the days of adversity. When everything in this life collapses, it, it is from your spirit you can rebuild. If you have a weak spirit, you would have a weak life. If you have a weak spirit, you would have a weak life. So you take your spiritual activities important. Now, your spiritual activities are four things. Your spiritual activities are four things word, prayer, fasting, word, prayer, fasting, giving. And you can maybe just put fellowship with God here. Alright? So these four things. You're building these things. Number one word. Do you have a word schedule? Do you have a word schedule? So there's word, there's prayers. There's fasting, there's giving. Do you have personal retreats? What has God started telling you about next year? Have you taken out time to know the mind of God for next year? Or you are just hoping the year will be better? Don't wait for crossover night, it's too late. You can't wait for a man to hear for you. What does God want you to do? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there are intense times of prayer. You set yourself aside and say, for these next two hours, I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm seeking the mind of God. So your spiritual pillar is the most important of these four pillars that will build the future because if everything else fails, it is from the Spirit you can start again. If the mind fails, if relationship fails, if finance fails, it is from the spirit you can build up again. Most people don't know how to recalibrate their lives because they don't have that spiritual strength to build up again. So you've got to toughen your spirit. Are you following this now? Now let me go very quickly because of our time. The next one is mind. Your mind. Your mind or your brain. Okay? Okay? Let me just talk about this. Prayer, fasting. Separate yourself from the appetites of the flesh. Separate yourself from the appetites of the flesh. Sometimes fast your phone, fast social media, fast food, fast television. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that you can give yourself and consecrate yourself and build depth in your spirit. If the depth in your spirit is thick enough, it will open doors in places you are not even imagining. Daniel had a strong spirit. And listen, he entered Babylon as a slave and ended up as a prime minister. It was deliberate. Then your mind, your mind and your brain. You are not dog, You are super intelligent, but you have to proactively use your brain. Your brain and your intelligence is what gives you value on the earth. Rim. Your brain and your intelligence is what gives you value on the earth. Rim. Your brain and your intelligence is what gives you value on the earth. What that means is what you put into your brain on the earth is what people pay for. Pay attention here. What you put into your brain is what people pay for. What value you put into your brain is what people pay for. What are you putting into your brain? What are you offering people? Are you in your job out of mercy or out of value? Why can't you become the best in your job? Why do you just allow your brain to be filled with all kinds of things that are not valuable? Entertainment, comedy skits. What books will come out of you for this generation? What content will this generation feed from your brain? What value will be derived? Who will be glad that you are alive? Why waste such a precious brain that God has given to you? Some of you just romance, romance, love, love, love poem, love poem, love poem, love poem. Every day you are crafty. I I just wrote something for you. I hope you like it. I wrote something for you. I hope you like it. (laughs) William Shakespeare shook the words through writing. Why not give more value? Why not push more value? Why not stretch your brain? Why not give more value? Listen to me and pay attention to this. Being around greatness does not automatically mean you will be great. Some people are succeeding by environmental factors. If you withdraw that environment, they will fail. Take them out of certain environments, they will fail. Some of us are only valuable because we are in Boni. If they throw us in Lagos, you realize that we don't have enough value to, to be employed. So before they were like, uh, I'm from a uh, Jumbo family. do you know I'm from Jombo family? So I'll meet your chief to write later. If they take chief letter from you and they carry you as a human being and throw you in Lagos where nobody knows Jombo family, they by the time you mention Jombo, they will tear you slap face. <laughs> what is Jombo? <laughs> you will just now realize that your brain was of no value without that environment. And listen to me, you were born to impact this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to ask you one question today. What can be withdrawn from your life and we will see the value of your brain? What can be taken from your life and we will see the value of your brain? If they take this church away from me, would that be all I have to offer this world? If some people rise up today and say, you're no longer the pastor of this church, and they throw me in it in another state entirely, would that make me a failure? Would that be all? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? What can your brain offer outside of the advantages you have around you now? What merit do you deserve? If you look at yourself in the mirror, what merit do you deserve? If they withdraw certain advantages from you, what can you give the world? If they put you in a city where no one knows you, can they give you one year and that city opens up to you? Take you from the land of your birth. Take you from where nobody knows you. Put you in a strange land. Would you be productive enough and say, give me two years, I'll build something here. That's how to test your brain. We have lived in a nation where they will make phone calls to put people in positions. Write letters, give ID cards, call names. And it has made us to devalue the importance of our brains. And the first thing any young man will say, I don't know anybody. Did God create you to know somebody to be successful? What What kind of useless language is that, that you don't know anybody? What happened to your mind? Say, this is Nigeria. Can you create enough value that whether you know somebody or not, a demand can be placed on you? Hmm? Are you hearing what I'm saying? If they take you from Boni, they take you from sites. They remove coverall and uh, and from you and take you to Lagos. Will you survive? Because before they mention anything, you have mentioned chief name. Anything chief, everything chief. So it means that your brain is connected to. So without chief, you are gone. How will you live your life based on the values of a corrupt society? How do you build your future? On a value of a nation that if we have a proper government today, everything that is an advantage for you can be withdrawn. If we have a proper government in place today, and it says, okay, everybody, whatever you have, has to be by merit. You just realize that even the admission you got, you should be going back to primary school. You are a graduate and still cannot properly defend your certificate. No desire to learn. You see, there's one, it's not like in my own time they taught us. But I told myself something. I will not graduate from this school and stand anywhere to say this is what I read and I will not be able to defend it. So I went to the library. It's not for my lecturer's sake. It's for my sake. I read social studies education, and I can defend my certificate anywhere. I read beyond what we were taught. I read, I and mean, there was a time I was collecting materials. I was writing social, in, in, Institute of Social Studies in Holland, then, to send us brochures. Yeah, my friends, they would send us brochures. We would read curriculum that they were using to train students in Holland. It would not come out in our exam, but we, we just told ourselves, we cannot say this is what we read, and we cannot defend it. Lecturers are not teaching. You carry popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pay they will not teach somebody. We, 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 we they are not teaching your ignorance that you will carry after four years. Will they blame the lecturer? And, and we laugh at this comedy skit. They will ask graduates what is the meaning of NYC. They will not know. They don't understand. We will just laugh. We will share it. It tells, it tells. How far our society is. And when we laugh at these things, we don't know the implication because these are the people that will become rulers tomorrow and we destroy the nation. And look at our political class. We complain. We blame everybody. But look at the people that rose to leadership. It was because there was nobody at a level putting quality control. If an advantage is withdrawn from you, can your brain sustain you? That certificate you hold, if they put an exam before you today, can you pass? Your brain. Transformative principles of the brain. Remember the story of Ben Carson. His mother says, don't watch television again. Just once a week. Go to the library and read. And by that principle, a woman who did not go to school, who was a cleaner, gave birth to two massive guys at 33 um, St. Hopkins University, Baltimore Maryland, Ben Carson was the first person to separate the Siamese twins, rose to even to the point where he was contesting for the president of America from not being able to spell. Doesn't that tell you that your brain can transform? You give Ben Carson stories to teenagers, what about your own brain? You know, sometimes we just feel that we have succeeded. Take you to national assembly now and say, okay, what is the solution to the security crisis? He says, prayer out. This, this thing is spiritual. It's prayer. That's why a minister will say that the flood is an act of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, how many Christians are like that? He says, he says prayer, spiritual warfare. Do you understand? Because there's no proactive economic solution. And that is why when Joseph stood before Pharaoh and says, what shall we do? Joseph gave him an economic strategy that sustained Egypt Egypt was the highest civilization there. Sustained Egypt for a period of years. There was a strategy. You can't be spiritual and be foolish. Take care of that baby. You can't be spiritual and be foolish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your spirituality should transform in mental strategy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your spirituality has to transform in what? Mental strategy. Your spirituality, you you need to have a mental strategy for your life. Your spirituality is not just speaking in tongues and falling down and seeing angels and seeing potters and seeing raves. It should make your brain come alive. You should have a strategy that can take that company up. You should have a strategy that can take your finances up. You should have a strategy that can scale your company. You deserve much more in this life if you would stretch. You deserve much more in this life if you would stretch. Don't let the failing system of this nation make you drop your brain standard. You can be in this country and be working for foreign companies and be earning in dollars if you would stretch your brain. Don't allow this place we live in, air condition blowing us, and then we are eating fish, just feel that we have arrived. No. If light is taken away from us, how many of you have money to buy fuel and buy and power your light? You just discover that. You are back to school. You'll be using candle. So you stretch your brain. How do you stretch your brain? Reading. Reading and studying. Hmm? Discipline reading schedule in the line of your call and your purpose and pursuit. Move from entertainment to education. Move from entertainment to education. Ben Carson's story shows the transformation power of new habits to rewire your brain. I want you guys to be intelligent. I want you to be the best in your class. I want you to be the best in your class. I want you to be the best in your department. Don't feel somebody's is brighter than you. What happened to your brain? Stretch. Go for it. If somebody wrote that textbook, it means another human being can understand it. It wasn't written for, for aliens. All right? Then your future deserves an intelligent version of yourself. Write that down. Everybody write that down. My future deserves an intelligent version of myself. My future deserves an intelligent version of myself. The man that does not read is not different from the man that cannot read. The man that does not read is not different from the man that cannot read. The man that does not read is not different from the man that cannot read. Then the next pillar you need to build is relationships. Pay very close attention here. Relationships. There are three relationships that are going to define your life. Marriage, mentorship, and your mates. Marriage, mentorship, and your mates. MMM. Hope, you didn't, <laughs> hope it will not give you trauma when you hear that word. of you that lost money. You want to become millionaire by, by chopping money. Free money. Hmm? MMM. Hmm? Write these three words down. Marriage, mentorship, and mates. And your mates. These are the three relationships that you need to focus on. I was reading something by Robin Sharma, the author of um, the the leader uh, who sold his Ferrari and all that. The leader without no title. Robin Robin Sharma, great guy. And he said this, that people ask him, what is the greatest secret of your success? And he says, it's mentorship. A mentor is a shortcut to a future. What mentorship relationship are you investing in? You see, one recommendation from a mentor will open doors for you that you're not planning. Are you following this now? Are you following this? Mentorship. And you, if you have a mentor, what's your pursuit? What questions are you asking? Are you listening to counsel? We have people who have mentors and they just throw their names out there. This is my mentor, but they don't listen to counsel. Hmm? Then, your marriage. Who are you going to get married to? And that's why I showed you the stuff that I wrote here. What is the principles that your marriage will be founded on? What principles would your marriage be founded on? Who can you marry? Who can you not marry? You can't fall in love with everybody. Who can you marry and who can you not marry? Then there's something here I talked about, emotional indulgence. Eh? Pay, pay very close attention here. Talk to me about emotional indulgence. What is emotional indulgence? You don't give people girlfriends emotions when they are not in a relationship with you. I mean, very funny story. Somebody has, for instance, somebody has somebody they want to marry and you are friends with that person. Eh? Then that person is calling you or sometimes reaches out to you and they say, hello baby, hello baby. Hmm? Pay attention. The person has somebody who wants to marry and then he's calling you, hello baby then you are not saying anything. You are just, oh, hello, how far? You see, your conscience, your emotional conscience, have told that person is okay. The question I want to ask that person is, so your own girlfriend you want to marry, what do you call him? Call her. Yeah? In the men's class, they said, my love. So the person you want to marry is my love. This one is what? His is baby. So the question you should ask yourself is very simple. This is the question you should ask yourself. Two questions you should ask yourself. If that person you want to marry is seated here, and this one that is your close friend is seated here, will you say, my love, I want, you to, I want you to talk to baby about something. Will you do that? <laughs> so if that cannot happen, then you shouldn't do that. Then you should also reverse the case. If you were the person who was in relationship with this other person, would you allow the boy to call someone else baby? Uh-huh. Somebody, has, <laughs> even in the example somebody have rioted here do you understand? so this is where we are going it's called emotional indulgence what is emotional indulgence? pay attention here so this is your relationship this is you you are not too fine so let's say your hair is like this and your hair is scattered you plated Bob Marley this is you and you have one that die in front like this alright ok So, this is your marriage space. This is your marriage space. Space one. Space two is your um, mate space. Alright? Your friends. Your your mate space. Alright? Then here is space for everybody. Your acquaintance, everybody. At every layer, there should be what cannot be shared. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And... As the crowd goes to one, it actually has to be one, not two. So there is this space that you should have those emotional boundaries set up. And there's an consent: silence is emotional indulgence. So you are not having a friend who gives you all the pet names. Ask yourself to what intent? And this is where you shouldn't deceive yourself. What is the... Remember, define your relationship. What is this relationship? Are we friends? Fine. What is the friendship on? If the friendship is still based on value, pay attention here, if the friendship is based on value, you will see there will be value discussions. When the friendship is crossing boundaries, value discussions will drop. It will not get to emotional discussions. Eh? Then it will not be, have you eaten? Have you slept? No serious discussion again. Right? So what is happening is the person goes to the office and then evening you come and give you update of how the day went. The update is to what intent, And that creates a pathway for emotional bonding. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if that relationship is not going to lead to marriage there should be a point where the discussion would stop. Because this is what happens. Immediately, one person or out of those, please plug into marriage, that emotional space is already there. Are you following what I'm saying? And for ladies, pay very close attention here. You know, let's use my wife as an example. Huh? If you know you are within marriageable age, don't allow any brother hang around your life that does not want to marry you. If you like, be stubborn to say I don't care what people think. No problem. When you are not looking for husband years down the line, don't send prayer request. So I was telling my wife that I was going to teach this. So she shared an example with me. All right, of someone who um, had this friend around them, and th- there was nothing. But the doctor wanted to marry this person. Okay, and then. Just thought something was going on. So the doctor reached out to the, to the elder brother of this particular lady and said, Oh, I really like your sister. She's very good. I'd like to marry her if not for this person. It was the elder brother that now reached out to the. And I said, There's nothing between them. He said, That person would have married a doctor like that for free. Doctor. Doctor. You now just carry one person in your life. Every bo- Listen, let me tell you something and pay close attention to this. We shared this with sisters in school. They didn't hear us. And that's how for four years some of them didn't find husbands and then in youth service they were not praying fire prayers. A decent boy will not approach a girl that he thinks is going out with another boy. A decent boy will just be, oh, he has somebody. Are you it is? It is people who are not born again that will say, "Shoot your shoot." It's the shoot that I enter, that the shoot will take. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, what that means is that if there is an occupation of this territory by someone you are not going to pay attention here. If there is an occupation of this territory by someone you are not going to get married to, it not, it not only pulls your emotions, it hinders people from getting into that space that you should get married to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, on this emotional space, don't don't put anybody there. Anybody that gets into this emotional space is somebody you want to get married to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you, if you don't want to marry any sister, don't enter here. If not, you start quarreling over that you didn't call. You start quarreling over, I have not seen your face. You passed me, you did not laugh. Life will now just become joke to you. And to solve. You are in this place. Eh? It can be anger over unnecessary. You, you, you have experienced it. The man of God has experienced it. You, anger, unnecessary anger. Eh? Somebody will strike matches in their house. It did not light. You say it's because you didn't call me. The last time you called me, the matches worked once. You will now just be. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you define that. Okay. So your marriage has the principles guiding who you can get married to. Who can I get married to? Now, by knowing who you can get married to, you eliminate who you cannot get married to. So you just eliminate. So, so you just know, if I'm engaging this brother or I'm engaging this sister with the possibility of marriage, then the brother ticks certain framework. Okay? So for me, I'm not going to read everything, but for me, I wrote 21 things that were framework of what I believe marriage should be. And this was the basis with which I engaged my wife. One of them was this issue of no debt policy. We had to engage it. So if she was somebody who believed in debt, you strike X. So this discussion happens before emotions are committed. It's not that you have committed emotions that you are now forcing me to work. And let me tell you this, that is why people stay in abusive relationships. Everybody from the outside will say, this relationship is abusive. Emotions have gone too far. That when they come out, before you know I still like him. He's a good boy. I think he will change. They are suffering from withdrawal symptoms. The same thing with drug addicts. That's what happens to abusive people when they get their emotions involved in relationships. Are you following this now? So, what are the three relationships? Marriage, mates, and what? Mentorship. So, every mate around you must have a divine boundary. Hmm? Hmm? And for marriage, you know who you want and who you don't want. So, if you don't want somebody, there is a space they should not enter. Yeah? Because when they get into that space, then it's difficult. All right. So, you have to redefine every relationship. Alright. Then the last one is finance. Okay? So, with finance, three things. With finance, you do... Let's read Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 11 very quickly. Ecclesiastes 5 verse It says, the more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except have to watch it slip through your fingers? So finance is simple. The more money you have, the more people will help you spend it. So you have to budget. Your family can spend you to poverty. All the people that ate with the prodigal son, we didn't see... <laughs> We didn't see them again when the man was hungry. All right? So, increase the value. Increase of value is what brings increased income. So, as you increase your value, income increases. Work more on value creation. Wealth is possible, and wealth is a process. So, you budget. You budget. You have a budget. You come out of debt. You work on your giving. You spend less than you earn. And then you save. Budgets, work on your debts. Given, spend like less than you earn, and then you save. I'll close here because I've overshot my time with over uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I'm sorry. So what I, what I recommend? We're going to put some.